Welcome back to the Below Average Joe's MMA show. It's time for another MMA weekend preview. After the off week last week, the UFC is back in Sao Paulo, Brazil, headlined by Jalton Almeida, looking to extend his perfect record in the UFC against a new opponent in this main event, but still a very intriguing one in the veteran Derek Lewis. We'll talk about that main event and what's going to go down in that fight, plus the uh, card we talked about a couple weeks ago in Austin, Texas on December 2nd has uh, began to fill out, if you will. We talked about Benil Daryush and Armand Saryukian being scheduled, and now there's some more fights around that one that we're going to get into as well. Here we go. Two significant strikes absorbed in five UFC fights. That is the stat line, the stunning stat line of Jelton Almeida, the 32-year-old, 19-2 Brazilian prospect that is looking to continue his perfect run in the UFC. He is 5-0, looking to extend to 6-0 this weekend, but is against Derek the Black Beast Lewis, the all-time leader in knockouts in the UFC's history with 14. If he has anything to say about it, He's not going to make it easy for the young, shiny Brazilian in Jelton Almeida. Let's get into some of this uh, X and O's, the storylines. How did this fight come about? Because this isn't the original fight scheduled for this main event. Now, I say young, rising prospect in Jelton Almeida, but as I said at the top, he is 32 years old. So the time is now. Luckily for him, he has competed at light heavyweight and now obviously has kind of uh, committed to heavyweight over the past few fights. And he's looking to climb these ranks. And it is easier to do as you get older in these heavier weight classes. So I would still say he falls into that category for now. At just 5-0 in the UFC, so young into the game. But he has a lot of experience, 21 fights. But Derek Lewis has more than that amount of fights just in the UFC alone. I mean, look at the record right here on screen. 27 wins, 11 losses in a no contest. I never know if I want to put those on the stat line or not. But I did. Derek Lewis has been there. He's done that. He's fought them all. He's seen them all. He's beaten damn near all of them as well. But he is coming into this one losing three of his last five. But look at the competition differences when you compare these five fights. For Jalton, his first five fights in the UFC have been nothing short of spectacular. He has made easy work of all five opponents. But those latter two are where that competition begins to increase. Shamil Abdurahimov a finish there, and then in his first UFC main event, he finished Jarzinho Rosenstroik. So he has shown now that he can take out prominent names, but now it's the next step up here in Derek Lewis, a guy that's main evented so many cards. He's fought against so many high-level contenders and prospects. I mean, you name it, he's done it. Just look at this list alone here. When you look at the mixture of prospects and veterans, Chris Dalkus was that guy that was surging at the time and had a lot of hype. It was really, it was him, it was Tom Aspinall, and it was Almeida, but Almeida was a little bit later than them, so he came in just a tad bit after Dawkins and Aspinall kind of began their competition, if you will. But Derek Lewis stops in, goes on a three-fight skid, but it's tied to Ivasa, it's Sergei Pavlovich, it's Sergei Spivak. Having to fight back-to-back the Sergeys is a tough, tough world to live in, but Derek Lewis will fight anyone and then he had the crazy knockout against marcos rogerio de lima earlier this year came out of the gates with a flying knee 
knocked him down and had a spectacular bounce back win and one in which he needed. And as I said, when we got into the intro of this fight, this was not the original booking. This was not the original main event for this card in Sao Paulo, Brazil. It was supposed to be Jalton Almeida versus Curtis Blades. And I'll say here as a fan, as someone with intrigue in Almeida's career and the potential that he has, I'm a little sad we didn't get that fight. And I think it's it's no slight to Derek Lewis, but Curtis Blades has shown time and time again that it's hard to look good against him unless you are a Francis Ngannou, of course, who's beaten him twice. Derek Lewis had a fantastic knockout against Curtis Blades, but before that, Curtis had looked pretty sharp on the feet. So Curtis has had a weird career, a weird relationship with the fans, with the UFC, but you can't deny the difference in styles between Jalton having to fight Curtis and now having to fight Derek Lewis. Almeida known for his grappling, his jiu-jitsu, his takedowns, his wrestling at the heavyweight division, at these heavier weight classes is something we don't see too much. But who do we see it from? We see it from Curtis Blades. And having those two combine with their clashing styles would have been really interesting to see how Almeida could have done. If he could have made it look easy against Blades, that would have been absolutely insane. But maybe we'll save that fight for another day. Instead, we get Derek Lewis the all-time leader in knockouts in UFC's history. And he's coming in with, again, just in this spot where he just keeps fighting. He does not care who it is, where it is. I mean, he's going into enemy territory here in Brazil, and he's coming to just shut the lights out of Almeida. And truthfully, that's his only chance of victory here in this fight because Almeida is so sharp, so polished. We don't even really get to see him strike all that often. But you look at his build and his length, and it's funny, they have the exact same metrics, both 6'3", both 79-inch reaches, but the physiques are so much different. Derek, I believe, tipping the scales at 265 this morning as I'm recording, Almeida came in at 236 pounds. That's less than like what Stipe has weighed in before, and we know Stipe's on the lower end of this heavyweight division. It shows that Almeida has obviously been at light heavyweight before, could probably still venture to light heavyweight again. But I do like that he is kind of unofficially committed to this chase of heavyweight greatness uh, to climb these ranks, to get to a title shot. And I think it, it is a very good decision. And this is a huge opportunity for him. It is his second main event, but this is Derek Lewis. You go in and beat a guy that is arguably the biggest name or star in the heavyweight division outside of John Jones, that does a lot for your career here. And that is what Almeida is looking to really do next. Like he's gotten two nice wins in a row against prominent names. Now it's time to get the name value added to your win streak. And it can start here with Derek Lewis. Derek's going to have to be great with his takedown defense. And if he goes down, can he do the Derek Lewis get up? Can he just stand up with Jalton Almeida on top of him? I have a hard time seeing that happen. But if he does, it will be spectacular. <laughs> so I am excited for this fight. I really am. I think it's interesting. It's just not as interesting or intriguing as the former matchup with Blades because I just think, you know, and the odds say the same, minus 470 for Almeida, plus 360 on the comeback for Derek Lewis. It seems like a very tall task for Derek. The way that the styles are in this fight, he's coming in on a couple of weeks notice, like, there's no signs pointing toward him being able to get this victory outside of 
landing that one shot. And Almeida has not even really shown or given his opponents an opportunity to land that one shot. He comes out guns a-blazing and looks to implement his game. And again, two significant strikes absorbed in five UFC fights. This is a realistic possibility that he exits his sixth UFC fight having not absorbed any more than two. There is a chance here that Derek Lewis can't get a chance to get that big shot off because you have to think he's going to be aware of that takedown. Therefore, maybe making Derek a little bit more gun shy or does he try to land the beautiful uppercut on the takedown attempt like he did against Curtis Blades? That could be the opening that he wants, that he needs, dare I say, because Jalton is just going to push him to the limit, trying to uh, expose Derek's weaknesses, try to take advantage of those weaknesses and show off his skills, his high-level grappling skills in this heavyweight division. So I'm excited. I'm a believer in Almeida, and, and a win here does go a long way to, I think, just build his name value to get a win in his home country of Brazil to be 6-0 in the UFC. We have a heavyweight title fight interim, albeit literally one week from when this fight happens in Madison Square Garden with Tom Aspinall and Sergey Pavlovich. So this is a big-time spot for Almeida to really become uh, relevant in title discussions as we head into this next chapter of the heavyweight title picture, as we head into a new year in 2024, this is a perfect way for him to end this calendar year and really roll into the new year with tons of momentum. So we'll see if Derek Lewis can halt it. And, you know, maybe Derek throws his name back into the talks all of a sudden. He's done it before. He can very well do it again. But at 38 years old, I feel like something's got to give eventually. But maybe it isn't this weekend for Derek Lewis. Maybe he plays spoiler in the home country of his opponent. Time will tell. All right, and now that the UFC main event for Sao Paulo is out of the way, let's talk about a couple quick hitters. Just mention some names briefly here on the rest of this card, and then we will get into UFC Austin, Texas to finish out today's show. So in the co-main event slot, we have Gabriel Bonfim taking on Nikolos Dalby. Uh, Bonfim, man, 15-0, 15 finishes at welterweight. The guy's an absolute stud. I look for him to have another just massive opportunity here to win. And now in Brazil in front of his home fans and country, both of the Bonfim brothers are on this card. Ishmael, and maybe he's changed this since, but his initial weigh-in this morning, he was three and a half pounds over the lightweight limit. So they may be doing that fight at a catchweight. It may even get scrapped by the time I'm recording this and getting this out. But both Bonfim brothers are supposed to share this card but right now the momentum is on the side of the heavier brother in Gabriel so look out for him to remain perfect in the co-main event. Kayo Bahayo is in the uh, featured bout I believe on this card definitely on the main card I don't know if you would call it the featured bout but at middleweight you know he's looking to stay perfect he's 4-0 right now in the UFC he had those two victories in the same season just a couple weeks apart on the contender series two years ago He's looked very, very good in the UFC thus far. Three decisions, one submission win. He's just a very intelligent, smart fighter, risk-averse, just a very, very good fighter to have at middleweight right now. And he is taking on Abus Magomedov. Abus's last fight was when he fought Sean Strickland in that very random main event that he got and gassed out and got finished 
in the second round by Sean Strickland. So that's a, a good fight at middleweight. Can Abus bounce back? Can Kaio remain perfect? And kind of really catapult himself into uh, the UFC middleweight rankings after this win here, if he can improve to 5-0. and And then one last one to mention real quick, the newly ranked uh, Hinat Fakhret Dinov. You know, he's 21-1. and He's number 15 now at welterweight after he finished Kevin Lee earlier this year. He's fighting uh, Elizu Dos Santos. I look for Hinat to really continue his dominance, his reign right now that he has in the UFC, but he is newly ranked, so a win here can go a long way. Um, and it's going to be hard for him to probably get fights in the future, I could imagine, if he keeps doing what he's been doing. But at 21-1, and one, at 170 pounds, the guy is uh, looking to carry some momentum into 2024 with the ranking next to his name. But that's pretty much it for UFC Sao Paulo. Hope you guys enjoyed the card this weekend. And now let's talk about, real quick, UFC Austin, Texas. It's headlined. Again, a couple weeks ago, it was rumored that Benil Dariush and Armand Saryukian was not going to be the main event, that there was going to be a you know, bigger fight, if you will, in that main event slot. But it has been confirmed by the boss man himself that Benil Dariush and Armand Saryukian will officially headline UFC Austin, Texas. It is the number four ranked Benil versus the number eight ranked Armand Saryukian. But it doesn't stop there because just down in the co-main event, it's a five-round co-main event if i'm not mistaken a lot of people i don't know if they just didn't pick up on it or didn't feel like talking about it in the community but dana said five round co-main event here bobby green coming off of his knockout victory in 30 seconds over grant dawson a few weeks ago is head or not headlining but co-headlining against dan the Hangman hooker so back-to-back big lightweight clashes there on that card, Bobby Green, number 12, Dan Hooker, number nine. So back-to-back bangers. Those are very, very good fights. Benil and Armand is such a high level, just intriguing fight. Bobby and Dan Hooker, there's no way the fight can be boring. The fans are going to eat that one up. But it doesn't even stop there because you go a fight down. Rob Font is welcoming Davis and Figueredo to the Bantamweight division, the long-awaited debut at 135 for the former flyweight champion, is here uh, just a little under a month from now on December 2nd. Rob Font putting up his number eight slot against the former champion here. That's a big fight for Rob. I love that opportunity for him and for Davison. That is a great way to come right into a new weight class, make a statement, and earn a top 10 ranking with a victory. And then we also have the number eight ranked welterweight, Sean Brady, Looking to bounce back after a long layoff. His last fight was a loss to Bilal Muhammad. And he's fighting Kelvin Gastelum. Kelvin was originally scheduled to fight at Noche UFC in his return to 170 pounds against uh, Shavkat Rachmanov. That fight ended up falling through. Kelvin had an injury in training. I can't remember what it was, but it took him off of that card. He now will fight December 2nd against still... A highly ranked guy in his return to 170 in Sean Brady. Kelvin can come in, get a victory, and enter right into the top 10. So him and uh, Davis and Figueredo in a very similar spot here. Not a new weight class for Kelvin, but it's a new version of Kelvin for this second coming to welterweight. Looking to crack into the top 10 in his first fight back. That's a very, very solid four-fight run. 
Uh, if you ask me for a fight night card, Austin, Texas, you have yourselves a good one. It's a 14-fight card right now. I believe Misha Tate's even fighting on this card down on the prelims. Um, Joe Selecki versus Drakkar Close. I mean, there are some good fights. Clay Guida is on this card. Khalil Roundtree is fighting Azamat Mirzakhanov. I mean, this is a very, very good fight night card. Coming up soon, a month away, December 2nd, in Austin, Texas. And that's all we've got for today's show. Uh, again, we are back after an off week. So hope you guys had a good kind of week off, if you will, from watching MMA content, UFC content. But it's back. We got UFC Sao Paulo this weekend. Next weekend is a big one in Madison Square Garden. UFC 295, two title fights, Yuri Prohaska versus Alex Pereira for the vacant light heavyweight title. And we have in the co-main event, the interim heavyweight title on the line, Sergey Pavlovich and Tom Aspinall and a plethora of other really good fights. So Madison Square Garden always comes loaded, and so will the Below Average Joe's MMA show. Going to be cranking out the previews and the content for you guys next week, along with any news that should or could drop. So if you want to stay up to date with everything about the show, uh, be sure to follow on social media at the Bajma on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. Be sure to subscribe to YouTube if you like more quick-hitting stuff rather than the long-form podcast audio episodes. Sorry this is coming out a little bit later in the day on Friday. A busy week, couldn't have time to record as much in advance as I wanted to, but still getting it out on Friday. I hope you guys are enjoying the show uh, in this solo layout as we continue to push forward, and I hope you guys have a great, great weekend. Enjoy the fights, and I'll see you on Monday for the recap and any other news that may drop. See you then.